Evening live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio, powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hello, motorheads, and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show, broadcasting live on TalkRadio1.com from our studio in scenic Gardena, California. Coming up on today's Festival of Cars, Comedy, and Culture, we've got a real live racer joining us via Skype. We have another call, um, caller who's going to call in later on the show. We have a guy who's maybe going to drop in halfway through the show with his kid. It's going to be an insane show today, and I think all kinds of things are going to go wrong. But um, before I get too far ahead how's of myself... That, how's that any different <laughs> from a regular show, Vince? <laughs> that's, that's true. I, yeah, I'm, it's, it's just going to be a little more crazy than usual. Um, but before I get too far ahead of myself, let me introduce some of the other twerkers in the studio today. Uh, my regular co-host, Seafloat, isn't here. He's getting a mani-pedi in preparation for a camping trip. I, I don't know. It's the things he does. Um, so I've got my buddy, uh, Julian, who he came here in his daughter's car. Apparently he drove his daughter's car. That's right. It's tearing right. up a lot of rubber tonight. <laughs> Happens. And then I got producer Ben, who thinks that a hashtag is something that goes in the back of a hemp t-shirt you buy in Venice Boulevard. Hashtag DT Radio. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> this is weird. But we've got a uh, special guest joining us via Skype. He is Nick McMillan, a guy who went from a video game racer to real-life Le Mans prototype driver by winning the U.S. leg of the 2013 Nissan PlayStation GT Academy. Now, it sounds like something straight from a movie, but to tell us more about his switch from recliner to Recaro is Nick. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. Good. So, uh, first question, um, how do you get from the couch to the cockpit? How did this happen? I mean, the whole story. Well, I guess I started playing uh, Gran Turismo back in, and what was it, like 98 or Something like that. That'd be a like GT1 or 2 or something? Yeah, GT1. I think it's like okay. 97, 98. Uh, my grandma worked for a PlayStation at the time, and so she had all the really cool games. Um, and pretty much from the beginning, my dad used to own a shop, build cars. So I was always into cars and racing, and I would constantly go in and play uh, the racing games at my grandma's house. And kind of just progressed from there, playing uh, Gran Turismo through you know, each, each installment and, you know, eventually came across, uh, GT Academy in 2011. Um, after I had done some karting and I raced, grew up racing motocross and decided I'd give the whole GT Academy thing a shot. And, you know, long story short, end up going from playing video games on my couch to being able to travel the world and, um, live the dream racing cars. Now, now have you seen the movie, the last starfighter? I have not. Okay, so the movie The Last Starfighter, it's, it's one of my favorite movies as a kid. I remember growing up. Ben's laughing. He knows this movie. It's about <laughs> this kid who's playing a video game in an arcade in like this trailer park in the middle of some, you know, Texas or something somewhere in the U.S. I think it was and Salem, Oregon. Was, I don't know where it was. but And um, <laughs> these aliens, the video game he's playing is actually preparing him to fly this spaceship. And these eventually these aliens come and, and, and they tell him, hey, you've beaten this game so many times. We're now going to put you in the real spaceship and you're going to defend the galaxy. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like straight. It's like your life is 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 actually like they made a movie about it already, but it was from like 1989. And I think really? they played it on a Nintendo. Ah, <laughs> was the main character's name Nick? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, but it's, well, you should watch it. It's a really well, good. Well, he had movie. a sidekick. Was Ben Vereen, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it was a, a good movie, but I really, um, to me, it's and and I and I I know that my little nine year old son is going to be listening to this episode, and I know he's going <laughs> to like perk up his little ears because he's a huge Gran Turismo uh, six fan and player, and he plays with the mm-hmm. steering wheel. With, with full disclosure, Vince has a Gran Turismo set up in his garage. It's unbelievable. He's got like bucket seats. He's got the steering wheel mounted on this. Uh, Vince, you want to describe it? Yeah, so I, I had this little loft area in my garage, and so mm-hmm. I turned it into a place that my son and I could play video games and, and get away from my wife and the other two kids. And um, it was, uh, it's was it got two uh, force feedback steering wheels and a flat-screen TV and a, and a PlayStation 3 and Gran Turismo 6. Sweet. It's a, it's a, you know, we get to race against each other. We, we race online. Um, mm-hmm. All right, enough about that. We don't, we don't back set any to records. <laughs> What wheel? What pedals? You gotta go through the whole. So setup. it's a G twenty seven. One side's okay. G twenty seven, and the other side, um, it's some cheap Logitech GT Pro or something. It's just a single oh, turn yes. wheel to wheel, and the and it's G force or something. Yeah, G force. He likes that one better. He doesn't like the full three turns lock to lock wheel and mm-hmm. the clutch pedal. He he prefers again. He he started playing this when he was about five or so. And by the time he was, I'll say, six or seven, he could like drive an actual like Lamont prototype car with traction control off. And so, and do well. So who's faster? Uh, you know what? I I, I don't want to I don't wanna embarrass the little kid on the on the on the radio here, but still still dad. Okay. He's gonna take he's gonna take he's gonna give you a hard time about that. But I think I'll that take you, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> who knows? He's probably actually faster than me by now. But I'm probably getting old. My eyesight's starting to go. Um, so Nick, I think you're calling us from Oregon, but it sounds like you have a bit of a British or maybe Australian accent. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time over there. Just enough to kind of catch an accent a bit. So over there was in uh, Europe or uh, under there? <laughs> a little bit of both. Sometimes you know, it just depends on what mood you catch me in. Might be a little bit of Australian. Might be a little bit of British. So you're but, born and raised out of Oregon. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I like. I do like to mess around with British accents <laughs> when I meet new people because they'll go for the whole story and then 20 minutes later start talking to them in an English accent just fine. <laughs> Yeah, we, I was going to ask you to give us some um, some sound drops so we can record. Like, I was thinking maybe some Jeremy Clarkson. Actually, I wanted um, uh, you to do some Mark Weber. I want you to say multi twenty one, Seb, multi twenty one. I don't know if I can do that one on cue. Multi twenty one, Seb. No, I don't think I can do it. No, no, that was good. That was good. We're gonna we're gonna record that anyway. Anytime someone does something wrong in the show, we're just gonna play multi twenty one, Seb. Ah. <laughs> that was uh, okay. So. Let's talk a little bit of, less about video games, more about real life racing. Um, so once you finished the GT Academy, what happened next? You, you, you know, the online portion, you went now to a, a racing school? Yeah, so the general, or the, I guess the process, at least um, the year I had won, uh, you do the online competition. It was out of 400,000 people. They do a, an online trial, um, you know, basically a qualifying lab um, within your region. So ours was North America. I think it was actually. I think it was just the United States. The next year was um, the U.S. and Canada, but they took out of four hundred thousand people who competed. They took the top thirty-two um, in the U.S. We flew to New York for um, a national final, uh, which was like a Thursday, Friday, or something. So the first day we did um, basically a kind of a ladder system okay. um, with four or five people racing against each other at a time. You know, you earn points. Um, it's about four rounds. Um, so then they tally up all those points, and then the next day uh, we went out to Monticello uh, Motor Club, which is a gorgeous facility. Love that track. I'd love to go back um, and drive that again. Uh, but we got two, basically two timed runs around uh, the track, 
uh, with you know professional drivers coaching um, and keeping an eye on kind of what we do, whether or not we can break, whether we can even drive a manual because that some people don't actually know how. Um, but yeah, and then uh, from there they ended up doing like we had wow, what was it like eight of us who were you know good to go um, to Silverstone, and then they did a, a cart battle um, for the last uh, four spots, which is pretty entertaining. But yeah, all said, all said and done. From there, you, uh, we flew over to Silverstone and were there for six or seven days, and ended up going through basically just physical training, mental kind of training tests, mm-hmm. team teamwork, physical uh, driving, you know, racing against each other, just a little bit of everything. It was pretty wild. It's you know, br- br- just the experience is pretty crazy. British accent training. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> And and so then um, once they decided that you were good enough, uh, they they put you into a real race car. Yeah, well, I mean, they pretty much, man. I think we went into a, a like a GTR or a three seventy Z, like straight off the bat, wow. no test, no nothing, and went out and put in. You know, we basically got like five laps to put in the lap time on like the Monday or the Sunday that we showed up. Um, so it's they waste no time; they throw you right into, you know. Uh, 370Zs, which are stock, and then they've got track preps uh, 370Zs that are essentially stock with the safety equipment, um, like locking diffs um, and you know a little bit better brakes and all that. Um, and then we got thrown into you know brand new GTRs to go run around the track. Um, little, I guess it'd be like Formula Fords or something like that. Okay, but yeah, you just get a good mix of everything. And so did did you wrap any of these things around, you know, any hard barriers or I did not. I think wow. we all uh, we all kept it clean. Wow, amazing. Maybe, maybe a little dirt, but that's about it. <laughs> um and eventually you made it to an actual like prototype race car, right? Yeah, so over, you know, after I won the competition, I uh lived in the UK for a couple months and we were you know, doing driver training, you know, every week, racing every weekend to get our race signatures. Um, you know, after that was when the big stuff started. We went and did the 24 Hours of Dubai, which is our, our first really big race. Uh, ended up winning that and kind of just progressed from doing, like, the Blanc Pond Endurance Series um, and a Nissan GTR, uh, GT3. And, yeah, ended up getting an opportunity last year um, to go run, do some prototype testing over at Le Mans and basically get my my signature, my uh, little sign of approval to go go run the law in the future. Wow. Okay. That's um, that's that sounds like sounds like fun, right? Sounds like a dream come true. Oh yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. Like to go run the law within what a year year and a half, essentially two years so, was pretty wild. I never thought I'd make it there. Uh, I got to cut in and ask. So, so what's a training day look like? A training day. I mean, it really depends. Uh, they were all over the board. Um, sometimes it might be like, Hey, we're getting up in the morning. We'd go to Silverstone, the track, um, and do maybe a couple hours of like driving, um, or maybe even just a test day off at like Snetterton or, um, France hatch or something like that. Uh, and then maybe grab, get a lunch break and do some simulator testing for the race coming up that weekend or whatever track it was and go to the gym. And it was just, you know, it was a whole whole different world and just constantly busy i don't think we ever had more than a couple hours uh to ourselves during a day 
Nice. So you got to tell me, so again, I'm, I play a little Gran Turismo uh, yeah. every once in a while. You got to tell me, these simulators, how different are they from, you know, like just the off-the-shelf video game you can buy? The one we used, um, I think, was a base performance simulator. So it's kind of like half of a Formula One type of cockpit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a really nice, like, pedal set. And the wheel is, I don't know, I think they run like like a $5,000 little, like, electric motor uh, to run the steering wheel. So you have huge force feedback, and the wheel is, you know, essentially like a prototype formula uh, style wheel on it with, you know, the little digital gauge and radio button and everything. So it's it's pretty entertaining. We had a fairly large, like not quite a wraparound screen, but yeah, it's quite the setup. You know, you can sit there and play for hours and hours. Now, now I know a lot of these PlayStations have Easter eggs or back doors and things like that. Were you, uh, and, and I think you said your grandmother worked for uh, for a PlayStation. Is that how you <laughs> yeah. got into this? Uh? <laughs> uh, no comment. That's uh, <laughs> my non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> I got Okay, so I got another sort of semi-technical question. Um, how does um, driving the simulators and then driving a real car? Um, go in terms of braking, you know, like, like on a PlayStation, if you're playing, you know, um, it's hard to play without ABS on, at least in my experience. Yeah, How does that, it's, it's pretty hard because you, you don't just, have that, that feel for the brake. Right, you have no idea. Because, and, and I've done some real racing, 24 hours of lemons. Okay, I've done the $500 beater car races, okay, so don't, you know, this is not, not real <laughs> racing. but um, Those are just as fun. Exactly. Uh, and usually the car said the ABS was broken, so it never worked anyway. So, um, But if I ever try to race a, you know, a car without ABS in, in you know, Gran Turismo, it's just, I'm, I'm just locking up constantly. I, you just, um, how do they deal with that in the simulator? We don't. Generally, it was all ABS. I mean, I've played simulators where we try to simulate not, you know, not having a car without ABS, but it's kind of difficult. Um, a lot of times, like the best way or like things to pay attention to is almost the steering wheel. Because you'll notice if you're going into a corner, uh, you know, right. car again without ABS, you brake, you can't quite feel the brake, or you might kind of know how much pressure you're at, where it usually starts locking up. But you can kind of feel it in the wheel when you're trying to almost like trail brake into a corner, and you can feel the wheel kind of not. It loses that force feedback, and right. you can kind of tell. You can read it. It's hmm. it's something that if you were to throw some person in and be like, "Oh, can you tell if there's ABS or not?" They'd have no idea. But when you're trying to turn into a corner and it's going straight, and you know you're kind of on the brakes and you don't have that feedback as normal, it's that's generally the best way. What about the service time and uh, just uh, general upkeep and setup of the car? Are you involved with that as well? No, not through the sim. We didn't do much of that. It was kind of just run the sim, learn the track. That was really um, kind of our our baseline of what we did most of the time. Um, I, we'd run a session, basically do an hour-long session, but split it up into three groups or so to get like 10 minutes of practice and then try and run you know, four or five laps um, consistently, then do a qualifying lap, uh, and then run 30 minutes of just trying to run within half a second of, um, like, your fastest lap um, out of all those other ones. And so that, you know, training-wise was really good to then jump into, you know, a, a race weekend where you get a practice session, a qualifying session, and then you need to knock off, you know, consistent laps every single time. So it, it kind of helps you... Um, not necessarily muscle memory, I'd say, but just being comfortable with the process, uh, trying to focus on running consistent laps without without any mistakes. But we didn't 
never did much for car setup. Uh, I think we ran on R Factor, uh, which oh, yeah. one we ran on wasn't wasn't uh, it definitely wasn't i racing <laughs> in terms of setup. Well, then I gotta ask if you had your pick and you're on the Gran Turismo, are you picking a uh, Chevy? Or are you picking a uh, one of the supercars? Or what do you guys run? And and uh, and was it the same <laughs> car that you would pick if you had to uh, happy happy on the wheel and get on actual track? I love to drive like everything. Um, I love running all the like downforce GT3 cars. That's probably like one of my favorite classes. Uh, you know, run, when I was running with Nissan, of course I'd pick a Nissan GTI. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, <laughs> but I love like running on simulators. I'd love to run uh, like the Nürburgring for some reason, like an Acura NSX. They Just, spon- or is you Nissan know? sponsoring you now? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, okay, so um, we're going to get to that. We're going to ask you in a minute or two, Nick, yeah. about the future. But I, actually, I want to go back in time a little bit. Um, motocross, you uh, you grew up as a kid racing motocross. What was that like? Awesome. Uh, that's probably you know what shaped me into to who I am today. Um, I got my first taste of riding on a quad when I was uh, about a year old. <laughs> um, and my parents had put me on the put me on to ride with my dad and kind of putted around on a flat little area on a quad and I just held onto the handlebars. Uh, but I didn't have a smile or anything. They pulled in and they're like, well, I don't think he likes it. <laughs> so they got to pull me off and I started screaming and like trying to grab the handlebars and basically I think was hooked, hooked from then. But yeah, I started uh, riding quads, like, you know, engine powered quads, not the little plastic electric ones you get at Walmart. Nice. Yeah. Um, at three, I started racing those at four and then I begged begged my dad at five and got myself a motorcycle and just kind of went to town i started i got to ride two or three times a week and rode every or raced you know every weekend um that was basically from about five up to 14 ish now and so did you win any notable championships or anything in that time Nothing crazy. I mean, I got to like local championships, um, some local series. Like when I was living in Southern California, which you know that that down there was highly, highly competitive compared to living up here in the Northwest and racing. Um, you know, I got to go do some like amateur nationals, but just trying to travel across the country and do all that was so expensive. So I kind of stayed mostly like West Coast uh, doing the races. But I think I think if I were able to you know travel, I definitely would have been up there and probably gotten some, you know, good championships as a, a young lad. <laughs> sure, sure. So, and you think that that experience in, uh, you know, doing rooster tails on a motorcycle around a, a dirt track helped you in uh, racing a car later on? Yeah, I think it was a huge help. Uh, motocross is such a, you're always worrying about your body position and, you know, whether there's a rock on the face of a jump or a rut and how you kind of approach everything. So always analyzing like what's around and what it could be a little bit smoother, a little bit better. And, you know, of course lines are changing constantly. So you're always keeping an eye out, but I think a lot of it was feel knowing, you know, where the brakes are going to lock up, where the grip is and what the grip feels like. Um, and kind of just, no, having that comfort level of letting something slide around a little bit and pushing the limits, I think it was, you know, really good mentally. Um, I mean, just a natural, natural like talent I kind of developed um, as far as feel goes, which is you know huge in a race car. Okay, yeah, good. So, um, Nick, that that brings us to the next subject: is what is what is next? What's going on with you? What have you been up to recently? Uh, recently, I just I spent kind of the first. Uh, 
quarter of the year up until about April trying to search for you know, funding and sponsorships to keep doing um, doing some racing and flew to Daytona to go to the 24 and talk to a couple people and I went to uh, the first round of Pearly World Challenge mm-hmm. to talk to a team and unfortunately I just wasn't able to pull together the funding especially you know so late in the year because um, um, basically it dropped contract uh, right at the end of um, December so we were supposed to go testing in a couple weeks, and it just, you know, everything kind of fell fell apart last minute. So I tried to try my best to put it together, but kind of just I learned a lot um, in talking with potential sponsors and teams and everything. And I I think I've got kind of the right right approach, the right people in place to start putting stuff together for next year. So right now, just working a real job and still oh, focusing wow. on trying to put together. Um, some sponsors and you know working with some people to put that together and, and hopefully go racing next year okay yeah so um what uh what it, what advice would you give to a, a like let's say a kid who wanted to follow his dream of racing mm-hmm. what's, what's your best advice you could, you could give to someone my best advice you know is especially if they can be able to go karting and stuff is just to Go do it as much as you can. Uh, you know, stay positive. It's such a cutthroat sport, um, and always focus on you know, like going to the track. Don't focus on ten different things that you're trying to get better at. Focus on one or two things and try and you know, focus the day on getting doing that better. Um, and just you know, as far as kind of growing up into it and trying to you know race professionally someday, it's just. Get to know everyone at the track. Uh, talk to people. Let them know what you're doing. Help out. Go, go do driver coaching. Go do you know everything you can uh, and get to know everyone because it really comes down to, you know, who you know. If you don't come from a, a financially, I guess, wealthy <laughs> background. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've all seen that. As yeah, most of yeah, us, until you know, know what what not what you know. Um, okay, actually, you know, I got another question before we um, uh, we'll take a break in a couple of minutes. Um, have you played Gran Turismo Sport yet, the new version? I have. I got to uh, go to London to do the unveiling uh, of it, and it's it's pretty spiffy. I'd say it's, okay. it's a huge improvement. Uh, I know a lot of people always always even Kazunari um, uh, a bad time for his games, but. After going there, playing that, and then going home and hopping on Gran Turismo Six, it's you know it's a whole other world. Good because you know I um I've I've heard about it and I saw you know some trailers on it um and I was afraid that they were doing like a GT Five prologue looking thing where the number of cars are kind of limited but yeah um, I was worried about that too yeah but at the same time uh I, you know honestly I, I personally I've owned all the Gran Turismo games over the years and and always been happy with them. Uh, even if they're you know a little bit short, and um, always been happy with the variety and the the way they race and the racing. I hope they fix the AI. The AI is so terrible in the game, but um, the AI seem to be pretty reasonable when I played. I didn't get to do too much as, uh, on AI stuff as right, like, far as I, running that, but definitely an improvement. Have you played Forza Six and the latest Forza versions? No, I okay. never get the opportunity to play Forza. If you ever play Forza, you'll notice that the AI drivers, when you're playing against them, it's a world of difference. They respond to your line. If you bump into them, they bump you back. Uh-huh. There's there's all this give and take. You get a reputation as you play the game more and more. And if you dive bomb people, they'll start uh, closing the door on you. So it's, eh, I hope that, that the guys who are do Gran Turismo see that and get that feedback and, and don't just... Be, because the game is... It's good. Don't get me wrong. The 6 is good. But the uh, the AI feedback, 
or the, the, the way the AI works could really, really be helped. Yeah, I think that's always going to be be an issue. But yeah, I know played a little bit of Forza and it's pretty good. But Gran Turismo, <laughs> playing that with AI, you can just push them out of the way and use them as a as a berm and you're breaking. That <laughs> happens all the time. Nothing bad. <laughs> okay. Nothing bad happens. All right, uh, Nick. Anyone? Any um, any sponsors you want to plug or anything before we let you go? Um, I'd like to thank my mom and dad. Wow. <laughs> I think that's about all I got. Speech. Okay, fair enough. You know what? They're, they're, they'll be always be your sponsors. Trust me. Well, hey, um, can, hey, can I follow you on Twitter or Instagram? Yeah. So uh, let's see. Twitter. I'm at Nick McMillan eighty, uh, which is number reference from uh, my Blanc Pond series in 2014. And then definitely my Instagram. That's probably my favorite uh, form of social media. Which you can follow me at Nick McMillan. All right, sounds good. Okay, uh, hey Nick, we really want to thank you for for calling in and, and talking to us. Um, and good luck in your future career. We're gonna um, we're gonna follow you, and uh, maybe when you're famous and once you've won, you know, the twenty four hour of Lamar, you're gonna come back on the show well, and talk to us about so it. So we're gonna do that next year, right? Right. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> right. No, no big timeiness, Nick. Well, you know, once you win the twenty four hour, no big timeiness. We're, we're gonna expect a callback. Well, one one uh, more quick question: Who do you uh, like for the weekend? Is it Nico Rosberg or is it gonna be? Uh, Hamilton? Oh, Hamilton. Oh, I don't know. How about like Verstappen or uh, even Vettel or something? I mean, you've got to change it up. Right. like it. I like it. Yeah, maybe those guys will crash each other out. Hey, I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> they're, they're both snake bitten this year. Uh, yeah, it's getting ugly out there. All right. Hey. That's who I'm going for. That's my vote. Good. All right. Hey, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank um, you. Listeners, we're taking calls 424-260-2822. You can call us and ask your questions. Uh, and again, that was Nick McMillan telling us all about um, his adventures in racing. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. Review brought to you by dailyturismo.com. Open up your wallets and break out your credit cards. It's time for another Blue Glove Tool Review. Uh, this week we've got the iSonic professional grade ultrasonic cleaner. Um, you can find it uh, via the dailyturismo.com affiliate link, to, uh, it's, uh, it comes via amazon.com. And for $86.99 with free shipping for Prime members, you can get a cleaner that's designed to uh, clean um, dirty bolts and nuts and, and projects you have in your garage. It's a, a three-liter capacity. It's a pretty big size unit. Um, you can also clean uh, jewelry with it. Like I have multiple um, multiple units of these in my house. My wife uses hers to clean jewelry. I use mine to clean nuts and bolts in the garage. And um, it uses ultrasonic action and an ultrasonic cleaning powder that comes with it uh, to remove uh, debris, caked on grease, grime, dirt, uh, in small crevices and places you couldn't get a scrubber or even you might not even be able to get brake cleaner in. Um, and this ultrasonic cleaner is designed to shake all that stuff out and clean your parts 
so that you can get them back on your project and get your old wreck of a car back on the road. Um, so buy the ultrasonic cleaner via the Daily Turismo Blue Glove Tool Review affiliate link. Um, and go ahead and just buy one. And don't worry, we won't tell your wife about it. Hey, DT Radio fans, that was uh, Nick McMillan, who just uh, talked to us for about half an hour about uh, racing and PlayStation. Really, that, that was really fantastic. That was a great interview, Vince. Hey, hey, thanks. It was it was all Nick. It was, uh, I'm just a merely a conduit. Um, but it was interesting talking about... Trust me, I know that. Yes, I realize that. <laughs> and conduit would Next not time, be my first say choice great to describe you. Say that was a great interviewee, is what you should say. Um and uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, we had we had lots to talk about, and you know, it was kind of a little bit geeky, but it was uh, it was fun. Um, ben, what's uh, what's next in the radio show? Who, who's in it's, charge of the show anyway? It's your show, Vince. I, I know. I think what's next is it's the news. Your... I think we're gonna do some news. Is uh, that right? Seaflow's news. Whoa, whoa, Seaflow's not here. Seaflow's news. Well, I still had it in the segment. You know, I didn't. I didn't see. Um, but but if if anyone wants to call in to to give us some news four two four two six zero two eight two two and talk to us about Tesla or whatever you want but um uh in the meantime okay we'll do C flows news although C flows not here so it's it's still the better C-Flo's edition news. of C flows news just call it C flows okay. news okay it's, fine it's C flows news um all right Forbes you ever heard of him Vince. They just put out their list of the world's uh, highest like paid Like a athletes. Model A or like a Mustang, Fords? Yes, know about exactly, Fords. So, <laughs> oh, oh, but so, so now, so full disclosure, all of us in this room are of age to remember the 80s. And do you remember back in the 80s, the highest paid athletes in the world were always the Formula One drivers? Didn't, didn't we do this news segment last time? No, this was, that was the most famous. So this oh. kind of correlates. Now, this is most Forbes' paid. highest paid athletes. So... You, if you remember the the most famous driver was it was like a it was a NASCAR driver right it was like Jimmy Johnson or no it was Dale oh. Jr. or something like that. Yeah, probably. I thought, AJ. That, I thought the highest paid when no, I remember well, highest that, paid no, athlete no, was that Schumacher. Was, that was yeah when we were growing up it was always like Schumacher yeah. or the top Formula uh, One guys. Schumacher was still in high school when I was coming up. We <laughs> 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 turn him down. Yeah, seriously. Got <laughs> <laughs> a resident old guy in, in, in the studio here. I like it. That's all right, man. A- a- anyways. So the highest paid athletes today, Vince, who do you think they are? Highest paid athletes? I- I'm going to guess a basketball is what I'm going to say. You would be wrong. Well, uh-huh. kind of, sort of. I mean, obviously the bronze up there. I'd, but go, the, I'd go with golf. You would be wrong as well. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the highest paid athletes are, are, are obviously the two most famous athletes in the world, which are Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Oh, of course. What? Soccer. Those guys, they, they kick that little ball around, those guys? Yeah, those guys. <laughs> Bunch of grown men kicking each other. In now, the you ankles. including endorsements in this? Is Forbes? Is this yes, just Forbes includes oh, endorsements see? in this. this. This is everything. This, this, you know, this is endorsements plus, plus. You know, I, but honestly, so, after Messi missed that free kick, right? I mean, he yeah. like I, I'm mean, come on, I could have made that. I mean, geez, you know, no, the guy yeah. just not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you can barely walk. 
I don't know because of this crazy uh, Lithuanian rock gut that I'm drinking here. Yeah. Starka. Okay. Stumbro. But, but do you remember? So, so the top, so the most, so Go on Sweden. ESPN's list, it was NASCAR, 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 and then there was like two Formula One guys that were kind of towards the bottom. Well, if you look at Forbes' list of highest paid athletes, number 11 Andretti. is Lewis Hamilton. Hambone, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can he, see that. Yeah. Well, I thought a lot of the contracts are like secret, though. You don't, they don't actually know how much the drivers make. Is that true? Uh, not according to Forbes. According <laughs> to Forbes, Lewis Hamilton's contract paid him $42 million last year. And surprisingly, he only has $4 million in endorsements. That's, that's still, like, what is it, like almost wow, $2 million a race? Was Serena that's Williams crazy. on that list? Uh, that's a good question, but uh, we're sticking to racing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you said athletes. I'm, okay. All right, all right, Vince. So my question is, how many other race car drivers are on the list, and can you name them? A top what? Top 100. Top 100? Yeah, so Tony, Tony Stewart's got to be on there, right? He still races. He's the kind of chunky guy, NASCAR. Yeah, no, he's not on here. Tony? Wow. Okay. Um, That's strike one. Hold on. Let me see if I... Uh, where's, so, where's Nico Rosberg? Yeah, Vettel's got to be on there. Vettel and Rosberg have to be on there, right? Yeah, well, for sure. Okay, and Alonzo. Alonzo and Button. They're going to be down there in 50. Be... 50th, maybe. Somewhere mid-pack. Uh, Vettel put... is number 19. Surprisingly, Vettel... His contract pays him $40 million, and he surprisingly, he's only got a million dollars in endorsements. I find that hard to believe. I mean, you would think these guys would have a lot more money in endorsements. If you look at, I mean, even guys, I mean, like Le- LeBron, you know, who his contract pays him twenty or yeah, $23 million. He's got $54 million in endorsements. Wow. Nike. You know, I, I think that a guy like, like Vettel, maybe he doesn't have the time or that he wants to kind of, cultivate this image of he's a racer and he's not just shilling goods because honestly if you do spend the off season just running around you know uh, everyone who throws five bucks in your hat you're willing to like say oh yeah you know buy this buy this overpriced watch or you know i drive this car you could probably make a lot of money doing that but if you're making 40 million dollars a year you might just say you know what i got enough do either one of you know who conor mcgregor is mma fighter no. Kind no. of a loudmouth. That's how they smack each other and kind of wrestle yeah. around and they bleed a lot. Right, so you don't uh, watch that. So who has more in endorsements? Conor McGregor or Fernando Alonso? A guy you've never heard of or Fernando Alonso? So just judging by the conversation, I'm going to have to say Conor McGregor. And you would be right. Conor McGregor has $4 million in endorsements. A guy that Vince Barbary's never heard of, whereas He's... Fernando Alonso has $1.5 million in endorsements. And so, yeah, I don't know. Well, but but as like an MMA, like, is that, um, do they make much money from each indi- individual fight? Uh, you uh, know what? I think they're the probably uh, making those dollars in all of the MMA gyms that are popping up all over the place. There's a lot of people that are into that. And even though they don't make the big big splash on, the, on your HBO on Saturday night, they're still out there. Yeah, Conor McGregor made, was paid $18 million by the UFC last mm-hmm. year. And made four million in endorsements. Mm-hmm. All right, so 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 you now know Fernando Alonso. Rosberg is number ninety-eight. There's only two NASCAR drivers on here, Vince. Who are they? Oh, Danica Patrick. <laughs> Come on, gotta be right. Go Daddy. She's got endorsements for Go Daddy. Go Daddy must not pay her that much because she's not on the list. I mean, it's Go Mommy. I don't know. <laughs> um, what about so, Dale, Dale Earnhardt's uh, yeah, son, Junior. Yeah, yeah, Dale Junior. Yeah, his contract pays him fifteen million, but he gets. Eight point five in endorsements. Wow, that's a yep. lot of Lucas Oil. <laughs> no, you know what? That's a lot of number threes on cars driving around. Yeah, because right? that's <laughs> someone's yeah. selling or eight. Is he eight? I don't forget. Yeah, I think his dad okay. was eight. eight. Yeah. All right, one yeah. of them's three, one of them's eight. I don't know. Uh, last 
And and who's the other NASCAR driver? A NASCAR driver? So we already said it's not Tony Stewart. Jeff Gordon. Nope. It's got to be Jeff Gordon. How about, ah, uh, oh, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Um, J- Jimmy Johnson? What about Jimmy Johnson? That would be correct. Ooh, Jimmy wow. Johnson. Right. Now, That's a great of name, by the way. Now, 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 what do you think Jimmy Johnson makes in his contract, and how much does he make in endorsements? So I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson makes, just judging, and, and what number is in the, on the list? He's number 82. So then he makes $20 million in salary and $4 million in endorsements. You would be incorrect. <sighs> You'd be way wah, off. Wah, wah. All right, Dr. J, what do you think? I'd, I'd put him somewhere, and uh, probably in the 15s. Now, now, uh, how many con- I mean, how many um, sprint cups has he won? He's won, he's won three or four, right? Or hey, I'm gonna have to interrupt the news segments here because we, we we got another we got another guest joining us here. This is uh, does it count his sandwich empire? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Um, that, that's gotta be at least worth 40 though. Hey guys, the voice you're hearing, uh, that's that's my buddy. And probably the commotion they heard in the background. The commotion. <laughs> you're, you're not going to like the stuff that you're trying to drink there. You should, try, you should sample it first. It's just, <laughs> you, you handed me a cup. Just, <laughs> just, just, just gonna you should. Oh, yeah. He's definitely uh, one that's of those guys. That's a Lithuanian. Yeah. I'm just like going to drink out of a bottle. I got news. She's not asleep. <laughs> hey, she drinks out of a bottle, too. She's not going to judge you. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, I got. Vince, you're going to introduce us get, to yeah, our. Got, uh, our the, uh, the strange voice you hear is, is Joshua. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, and uh, he's drinking some terrible Lithuanian <laughs> booze. The, the look on his face is really priceless. I, no, it's, I, it's not. I a, got it, it wasn't a grimace. Don't I got it from an Armenian store. It, that was a tasting face. It was, I was doing the, are you, are you, I was actually thinking and tasting. It's it's not as... I mean, you make it sound like it's awful. It's just... Well, it's um, it's, it's called Strombras. And uh, according to the... Um, the, the people in Lithuania, yeah. It is a distilled spirit specialty produced from the finest grain spirits, brandy, and wine through a rare process perfected by Strombus's Master Blenders. It's, I don't know Master what you... What? Blender. That's what <laughs> no, it says, I'm Blender. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, cheers. cheers. Cheers to you. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks for joining us here in, in the show. Um, cheers. This is how we do it around the Daily Tours on the radio show. Just people show up and we start drinking terrible Lithuanian liquor. Yeah, so, Producer Ben... Um, you want what more news? <laughs> yeah. Do we have any more Seaflows news? Yeah, actually, we actually do. we do, because oh JD Power and Associates just released their 2016, um, <laughs> <laughs> their um, 2016 seven-year improvement study. I don't know. All right. So yeah. So so Vince, highest-ranked nameplate models of all the of all the major models. What do you think? Got the highest rating from JD Power and Associates. JD Power and Associates is um, not. And, and if Kia, you get no, this, I will buy. I, I will buy Kia. your liquor for the rest of the year. Oh, Kia. it's Kia. Really? Thanks, Vince. <laughs> what was it, Kia? Yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> hey. we got a winner! Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, I, every time dinner. you come, every time hey, you know, you know, I got that cold, right? So yeah, that's. That's wow. I did. It is Kia. Is that yeah. a call coming in? No, no, no. no, no never, that, that was the bell. That was all me. The guy who knows nothing about cars. Nothing. <laughs> I know. That's the anti. We get the anti-car guy over here, and he's I like, just guessed Kia. Kia. That's that's great job. Wow. Can't beat that. <laughs> can't beat it. <laughs> I can't believe the sound's actually working this time. <laughs> <laughs> Only now. Yeah, you there trust was an me, the, 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 the first five we minutes we were here, you were recording. 
Yeah. Called Lost Episode. What'd you do? Just pretend it's a leaf blower? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I get to race bait. That's fact, my that's, role. We, we, have, a, we, we have a commercial coming up in a few minutes, and I'm not even sure it's going to work. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, right. uh, a- a- anyways, Vince, so Kia's number one. Um, that's what I get so, for having so a caveman is, as my producer. <laughs> <laughs> so so who's number prob- two on that how, list? how many problems per 100? Lexus. Lexus number two. No, actually, no. no. Let me guess. Let me guess. Lexus, go ahead. Number two, I got Kia. I can't Somebody believe it. Somebody did some research before the show. I can't believe it. <laughs> How well, would I even know you're going to ask that? I'm surprised he's even sober showing up here. Jeez. I, I, no, yeah. Nobody said he was sober. I can't drink at a kid's swim school. <laughs> sure you can. Yeah, you sure believe you it? That's Try harder. Yeah. Try harder. <laughs> Hydration pack. It's water, I swear. <laughs> Let me think. So, num- so, so Kia, uh, re- this is like reliability, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with Toyota. It's actually initial quality. Initial quality study. It's I'd say Toyota. Initial quality. So initial no, quality is a little okay. bit, um, it's misleading, okay, because what it is, is it, it, it's, they Vince, ask- a commercial coming up. Please just keep it short. No, no. This is, this is I'm going to go on like, I'm, anyway, this I got is going to be a thing. quality. I so want to hear this. the problem is that they don't actually have <laughs> information from the manufacturers <laughs> on, on qualities. They ask the <laughs> owners, how many times have you taken it to a dealer? And they, they ask this for yeah. a quality defect. Okay. So what happens is that people under report, like Tesla- <laughs> Tesla, which has terrible quality issues, ranks very well on these on these reports because this is JD un- Power though, don't they? They ask the users. They, don't they ask, ask the, the users. The yeah. problem is, is that the users of certain like Apple style, like you know, like new things, they, they under report. They under report like crazy because they're they're fanboys and they want to like um, you know uh, spread the word about their favorite brand and they and they don't report quality issues. So I don't like JD Powers. Because for years I had a Under terrible Nissan, and over-deliver. terrible Nissan. It got great r- results and great um, uh, scores, and it was a load of, load of junk. Eh. Sorry, Ben. Okay. Anyways, what was number two, Vince? Toyota. Come on, smart guy. Mercedes. Wrong. No way. Cadillac. You're terrible at this game. You're Cadillac. absolutely terrible at this game, Vince. Cadillac actually. Uh, Mer- numbers have come wait, up wait, quite a bit. Wait, I got one. Mercury. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're Lincoln. absolutely terrible Lincoln. at this game. Uh, it definitely wasn't Mazda. Pontiac. Pontiac. <laughs> it was actually Porsche. Saturn. Oh, cheap. What? Porsche. Oh, yeah, Believe definitely. That? With a Cayenne. <laughs> it, was, it was Porsche followed by Studi- Hyundai. Studebaker. Followed by Hyundai, Toyota, BMW, Chevy, Buick, and it's Lexus is Hyundai. way down at like number seven or eight. Hyundai. 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 Oh, uh, Young Sim. What's that kid's name? Running Kim, Korea. Kim Dong Il? One Hung Lo. Sorry. Kim Jung. Kim. Kim Jong right. Jung Un. All right, you're killing me. All right, we're gonna take a break here. Coming up soon, Vince. What Why are we, we taking co- a break? You oh. want to take a break? Man, you're like you're really like you're, you're heading oh, the wait, game. No, no, I do have one last thing before we do take a break. Oh, in on. news, this is um. Did you see that the VW US settlement is now grown to fifteen billion dollars in the emissions scandal? Wow. So wow. my question with this is, what Volvo is Seaflow gonna buy? When he gets his when settlement he gets his for settlement. <laughs> when he gets his settlement, <laughs> you know, don't forget. So it's not no. He's it's the two forty. Okay, that's his Volvo. He he's okay with other Volvos, but he's particularly enamored with the two forty, the right. boxy, you know, the classic like Volvo. Yeah. Um. So I, I'd say a, a, a two forty. He already owns a wagon. He owns a coupe right now. Does I think he? I mean he sold it. I forget, but yeah. uh, yeah, maybe a sedan, bright red one. A sedan? You think a so? Bright red. With a car yeah. seat. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? I'm surprised you don't know this already. There's got to be something on Daily Turismo that he's, like, commented excessively on. So Vol- you- Volvos, just in general. There's not, it's it's not, a like, a specific thing, but, um, yeah. 
we'll, we'll find up some vocals. Maybe right. that's something that our that our listeners can do is is um yeah, come up with some suggestions that for CFO should do with this yes. extra cash. And they should do it right now. You can call in 424-260-2822. Of course, we're taking a break in a minute. Good work. <laughs> well, they can call us. They can the, be on hold. Um, the Takata the, the boss is, is stepping down, Vince. I don't know if you heard this. So your airbag is, is going to be replaced now. Uh, so my airbag was recalled like a while ago. They sent me a notice, and I just ignored it because I'm a man. <laughs> and you know what? If some shrapnel flies in my face, I, I'm going to deal uh, with it. Yeah. I, I'm uh, not, what I do is that when I drive around, what I do is I kind of like I take my seatbelt off, I lean my chair all the way back, and I just close my eyes when I drive. <laughs> I don't want that thing going in my face; it'll blind you, right? Was, wasn't there a Robin Are, Williams movie like that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's it for the news, Vince. What do we got when we come back? When we come back, we're gonna do from the website. And no, then, we're not. Yes, we are. When we come back, we got oh, another guest. Oh, right. Sorry. When we come back, we've got Steven Spearer calling in, and he's gonna talk to us about Teslas and the law. Or specific the legal aspects of what happened with the Tesla that crashed on autopilot feature. It's going to be a really, really good segment. So stick around. We get back. We'll talk about Teslas. Something topical. Unbelievable. Hello, Daily Turismo listeners. Now that the British country, otherwise known as the United Kingdom, has left the European Union... We would like to announce that European Motor Works, sponsor of Daily Turismo Radio, is no longer known as European Motor Works. They are now British Motor Works. And no longer will they be servicing Volkswagen engines. They will be working on Jaguar engines. Land Rover, Aston Martin, Mini. All these good British brands. If you need any hard parts or machining services, engineering as we call it, if you need a specialist, to make you a bespoke assembly, pop round to European, I mean British Motor Works on Prairie Avenue in Hawthorne, California. Call it, ring him up at 1-800-722-8678, toll free in the US. If you're in jolly old Britain, however, there might be a small charge. That's European Motor Works or visit europeanmotorworks.com. And God save the Queen. And also tell him DT Radio sent you. Radio. And we're back. I'm still in the studio here with uh, my co-host Julian, my producer Ben hanging out over there. Uh, we now have a, uh, a guy joining us via phone. It's uh, Steven Spearer from the Steven Spearer Show. 
who is both a Tesla owner and knows a little bit about the law. Stephen, how are you? I am well. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Excellent. So um, we, we, we got you on because we want to talk just a little bit about what happened to a Tesla uh, this week. Um, unfortunately, there was, a, there was a fatality. Someone was driving a Tesla in the autopilot mode, and they ran into the side of a, a big rig, apparently, and um, didn't, didn't make it. No, what happened, it was a Tesla Model S, and it had full autopilot, and evidently the driver was using that autopilot, which uses a system of cameras and uh, radar and uh, other detection systems to be able to spot where it is and make decisions as to braking, steering, acceleration, and so forth. And what it did is, apparent, from what I understand in preliminary reports, it was an 18-wheeler that was making a left turn in front of the Tesla. But the 18-wheeler was large and white, and it was against a bright sky, so the cameras didn't recognize it as anything except more sky, and so continued to maintain speed and drive right into it. The thing that caused the fatality, evidently, was that the Tesla went under the center of the trailer. So you have the wheels on the left, the wheels on the right as the trailer is facing sideways. And the, tr the Tesla going under the trailer ended up taking the top off the Tesla, the, the windshield and so forth. I don't even know how badly it took the roof off, but of course a human being is fairly fragile. So it, it, it sadly and tragically killed the driver. It's... Uh, uh, it's not clear to me, it's not clear to me, and, and I don't think we're going to know if, if, if for a long time, if ever, what the driver was doing while this was happening. Did the driver have, as Tesla recommends, both hands on the wheel? Yeah. Was the driver paying co close attention? Do we know any of that as of this point? Yeah, so um, isn't there a system in the Tesla that, that makes sure you have your, your hands on the steering wheel? Is that... I don't know. Okay. I, I, I have only driven a Tesla with autopilot once. I got my Tesla 52,000 miles ago. <laughs> Wonderful. Love the car. It, it, but it's been two and a quarter years. So my car didn't even come with the hardware. It hadn't been invented yet. It hadn't been installed yet. But I have driven a Model X that has the autopilot and had some surprising experiences with that. But I've only driven it twice with autopilot so I don't I don't know because I had my hands on the wheel uh, because I was learning it right right so um, apparently the um, I'll call these unconfirmed reports this is from maybe about two hours ago was that there's a chance the guy was watching a Harry Potter movie on a on a portable DVD player with him while he was driving yeah so if, yeah this is the thing I'm, I'm sure that someday down the road years decades from now maybe just years from now People will actually be able to take a nap or, I guess, watch Harry Potter. But today's uh, systems, I think, require close, very close attention from the drivers. I, I think they're pretty safe if you're paying attention. But there's always going to be someone who's going to decide to do something else. Yeah. Now, I um, I did read some stuff that kind of puts it in the right light. You know, you hear about this, oh, it's an autopilot fatality. But um, so according to the um, NHTSA, uh, National Highway Transportation Safety Agency, yeah, administration. administration, I don't know, um, they say that there's about 1.08 fatalities per 100 million miles. This was in the last year or two. 
And the Teslas have said they have 130 million miles of autopilot um, driving under their belt. So they're below the, the national average, at least at this, at this date, at this point in time. So I, I saw that, and I believe that. I, I will tell you, I think that, that every time for the first few years that there's a fatality in any uh, automated self-driving car, it's going to make headlines. There's going to be tremendous controversy. People are going to call, call it dangerous and so forth. But they don't have headlines in the 40 to 50,000 traffic deaths that happen every single year in America. We just kind of take that for granted and figure, yeah, 40, 50,000 people a year are going to die. In the entire Vietnam War, 55,000 people died, uh, Americans died. And it, it, the, the contrast here is, of course, everyone's nervous about technology. I would tell just from the experience I've had over the years with cruise control, that many of us have had with cruise control, and for the couple of experience I've had with autopilot, I would tell you if you're paying attention, you keep your hands on the wheel and you, you watch it, it's much more relaxing, just like cruise control would be. But it isn't, you can't fall asleep or read a book. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're not there to the the total self-driving car. You know, no matter what the the, the twenty twenty-five year old kid in the Bay Area says, um, who made his own right. home self-driving system, it's just, um, and it's it's you know it's, it's unfortunate that this you know this guy lost his life and um, it kind of the uh, yeah it's it's sad, right? It's tragic, and and there are two things I think we can take from it. The first is. You keep your hands on the wheel, you pay attention. The other one is that if they've driven 130 million miles in Teslas with autopilot without, inc- without a fatality, and, and this is the first one, that's a, that's a pretty good record considering that, that human beings don't do that well. You don't drive 130 million miles without, without fatalities statistically. So I, I look at it and say uh, ultimately it's going to be safer, it's going to be better, and of course, if if you're involved in an accident, it doesn't matter to you how much the rest of society turns out well. But it seems to me that for right now, while we're being asked to pay attention, that's pretty safe. I think I'm going to have a little trouble relaxing and saying I don't need to pay attention when they finally tell me I don't need to. <laughs> uh, but 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 that's that's a problem I'd I'd like to be faced with. Hey Steve, it's Ben here. I had a question. Um, I was reading through all this, and when you were on the show, you had talked about how great Tesla's safety record was and how they broke the actual testing machine. And now there are reports coming out that some of those tests might not be accurate. Have you read anything about that? I haven't. I did. Someone else told me that. And, and you know, here's the problem with, with these things that we see in the press. Uh, every time in my lifetime that I've ever been in a position to know the actual facts, when I see a press report, they've always gotten something wrong. The name of the city or the name of the people or sometimes the whole story is wrong. So I don't have tremendous confidence uh, in, in, in these things. I also think that when journalists are looking at a story and they've got uh, 25 different pieces to the story, they're going to look for the piece of the story that they want to put, the, put at the top. One of the mottos in journalism is don't bury the lead. Another one is if it bleeds, it leads. And so they're going for something that's going to capture a viewer, a reader, or a listener to put it at the top. So I tend to, I tend to take less seriously when someone says, oh, you know, we found out something and so forth. I'd rather see proof. I guess I have 
a good deal of confidence in 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 how in how the car in how the car performs because I've driven one now for two and a quarter years and because I know just how steady, solid and reliable they are. Yeah, now so uh Steve, uh if you put on your, your lawyer hat for, for five minutes, um what what is it gonna be the repercussions from the family of the of the deceased and then Tesla? What's likely gonna happen? I don't, well, I don't know what the family is going to do. Different people have different philosophies on it. And despite what we hear about everyone suing everyone at the <laughs> drop of the hat, there are many people who say they just won't fish in those waters. They sure. just don't want to do that. They don't want to participate in it. They've lost their loved one, and it's tragic, but they don't want to drag themselves through the miserable process of a lawsuit uh, to get, in particular, money, which some sometimes those folks who who reject it don't need. But even sometimes when they do, they look at it and say, I don't want to be involved. So I don't know what they'll do. If they bring a lawsuit, the threat to Tesla is bad publicity because this will get some coverage. But Tesla has insurance for this. And so Tesla itself is not going to lose money out of pocket. This doesn't pose a threat to Tesla as a company or Tesla stock price or even to their cash reserves because outside of a copay, uh, or self-retained, uh, 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 self-retention or a deductible, Tesla doesn't have any substantial financial outcome, uh, stake in the outcome of, a, of such a lawsuit. For the family, when you bring a lawsuit like this, they're generally settled out of court. Statistically, over 97% of all legal actions, civil or criminal, are settled before the first day of trial. So when you hear that the courts are overcrowded, <laughs> The courts are overcrowded with less than 3% of all the legal actions that are filed. This is why you hear in criminal law about plea bargaining and sentence bargaining. This is why you hear about mediation in civil actions. And so the chances are very high that the trial, a case like that won't see the inside of a courtroom unless the demand by the plaintiffs is so high that it's worth it to the insurance company to take it to trial or... In the event the insurance company insurance company's offer is so low that it's worth it to the family to take it to trial, but typically compromises are reached because trials are risky. You never know how a jury is going to rule. The only people who are absolutely sure will make statements like, "Oh, the jury would never do that. The judge would never do that." The only people who say those things are people who've never been to trial. Yeah, wow. Um, so I, I'm going to go back then, uh, Stephen, to something that you said, and, and I, I want to just let you know we have about another minute or two to go before we got to um, move on to another segment. But um, the last time you were on our show, you said that what's going to happen is that legislation is going to take over um, and fix the uncertainty that's held, holding the market back from self-driving cars. Yes, it's going to take a long time because, again, events like this one that make the news, then all of a sudden people are calling, what is our government doing to protect us from such menaces? Of course, that's wrong. <laughs> but a lot of politicians will respond to that and say, we've got to do something, so they'll want to regulate it. And what will happen is there'll be a push and a pull, but once the public gets behind it, then the leaders who are really followers, will fall in line and it will be promoted by law. The myth that our leaders are leading isn't true. It's public opinion and the press that ends up leading our leaders. 
not sure why we call them leaders sometimes. Nice. Yeah. Well, no, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, and and what's funny is that you already see the press kind of uh, you know lampooning the NHTSA and and the sort of the lack of regis- uh, regulation around self driving cars because it is kind of a free for all to some extent. For right now, it is a free for all because there aren't many. Yeah. Once you get more, once there's a second, a third, a fifth, and a twentieth event, then somebody's going to say we got to do something, and somebody else will say no, no, no. We need more of them because it's still saving lives. If you have a horrible, tragic fatality in a self-driving car and you have 10 of them, in those, without those self-driving cars, you might have had 12 or 13 instead of 10. And so, and so the question is what the truth is. It's hard to find because you have proponents for progress and, and to allow these things to grow and take over. And then you have other people who just oppose them for the same reason that they don't want to have a cell phone. <laughs> sure, sure. And self-driving cars also bring with them additional benefits for society, for things like ride-sharing. And there's some obvious kind of um, efficiency trade-offs, and you should have less pollution. There's all kinds of good stuff on self-driving less cars. Less parking problems, yeah. less traffic delays. Yeah. Uh, people can utilize the time that they otherwise lose and commute. Uh, traffic safety will ultimately be way, way higher with uh, automated uh, automated decisions being made. The, the more prevalent it becomes, human error. When you look at plane tra- airplane travel, the thing that the vast majority of cra- of crashes of of, of air- aircraft that kill people happen from human error. It is rare that the wing just falls off the plane. It is the vast majority of time that pilots make an error. Yeah, yeah, we are we're fragile and we're dumb dumb people, humans. Uh, all right, <laughs> Steve, on, on that note, hey, um, thank you so much for calling in and, and talking to us about this. Teslas and laws, we really appreciate your, your opinions. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, Ben. Great program, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I'll, we'll see you soon. Okay. Be well. All right, listeners, we're uh, that was Steven Spearer. Really appreciate him uh, talking to us. We are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have, uh, you can call in. You can call us up at 424-260-2822. Streaming live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio. Powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, editor-in-chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hey, DP Radio fans. Uh, that was Steve Spearer. Thanks, Steve, for, for calling us up and talking to us about Tesla. And, and, and make sure you listen to his show on Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock. Yeah, he's also on TalkRadio1.com. He's one of the other uh, hosts of another radio show. Good stuff. He talks a lot about law and, and various other subjects. Um, so we're back and we want to open up the phone lines, make sure if anybody wants to call in, uh, 424. Yeah, I, sh- I should probably do that. Yeah, so producer Ben opens up the phone lines, 424-260-2822. Give us a call. Ooh, candy. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, maybe we'll answer it. Okay. Phone um, lines are open. All the phone lines are open. Good. All right. Um, so the next se- segment we're going to do is called From the Website. What? Yes. We don't have a fancy drop for that one yet, but hold on, let me see. I'm no, holding. we don't. I'm holding. No, still nothing. How about now? Um, 
Okay, so Can from the website, now? yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the car. I, I do, I do, I do yes, have a fancy drop for it. Here ready? We go. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. No, that's <laughs> when you open the phone lines. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey. oh. Okay, so uh, the website is dailyturismo.com, and we're going to talk a little bit about the car of the week. And that is the, I don't know if you guys saw this one, but it's a, um, a 1988 BMW 524 TD. Okay, it's an E28 generation BMW 5 Series that has a 250 horsepower modified diesel engine in it. Okay, so it's not, it's not your average uh, oil burner. And most of the diesels that, that came out in the 80s are some pretty horrible, slow, you know, stinky, oily cars. But this one, the um, the owner has uh, decided to up the boost and put it on a bigger turbo and give it some propane injection, and it now it puts out 250 horsepower. When you horsepower. look at that, what does that mean? What do you see? I mean, you're, you're, you know stuff about cars, right? I don't know. It's a BMW. Break my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you see that, it means something that's like all the stuff that he just said, the diesel and all that. Yeah, I'm soaking it in. It's okay. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Non-Car Guy, is this yeah. not? Do you not understand that it's got a? What is it's it? It's a good. It's a good well, thing you didn't. I look say. at that car and I think, douche. Vince, <laughs> Vince, I look at that car and I have to ask: Is it turbo or naturally aspirated? It's t- so TD. It is turbo. It's got two point four okay. liter so inline six. It's not supercharged. It's got a turbocharger, saying. which is which is better Inferior than turbo. Inferior to a supercharger because oh, super is gosh, super. super. It has the word super in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to explain to you about the efficiencies of a turbocharger versus supercharger. The best supercharger, it takes crankshaft power and it puts out something like 30%. While a turbocharger pulls exhaust gas energy, and you're talking like 60%. Yeah, but watch this. Say, say, tell me that your car has a turbocharger. My car does have a turbocharger. Just say it. My Subaru has a turbocharger. Say, watch, watch. Yes, go. My car has a supercharger. Now, which one do you think sounds better? Supercharger. I'm going to go with the supercharger. See? Ah. It just sounds better. That's Sounds it. super. That's I'm it. actually I'm surprised that Seaflow has not called in at this point. You know, yeah. with this conversation. <laughs> I thought I was you know Seaflow. C- I think the noise and the, the maybe the fumes of the Manny Petty has gotten to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it's got a um, that's a cool car. It's eighty five hundred dollars, which is uh, expensive for an eighty eight five well, series. It's over Vince, the top Vince, for an eighty eight. But is, is that the car you would buy? No, of course that's not the car I'd buy. How many miles are on it? Who knows? Vince, right. you're not allowed to have any more cars. Whoa. <laughs> did, when did my wife get here? Jeez. This is, um, uh, that was uh, quite is a, that a drop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nice. That's it's a drop. not actually not on the any line. Any more cars. No, you know, no, that would be funny if she was. Jeez. Um, that's good. Well, so hypothetically, if I was to buy a car. But that would be people listening if she was on the line. Oh, <laughs> because what, she is not listening now? <laughs> okay. Um, Why she listen here if she doesn't listen to you at home? That's true. Oh, um, what I would buy is the 1968 Ford Cortina Deluxe Estate. I see it. It is a 68 Ford Cortina, and it's a wagon version. Oh, you know what I like And the about guy this? wanted cheap. It's green, right? It, no, it reminds me kind of of the Datsun thing that I have a thing for. You have the Datsun for the 510. Okay, so this yeah, is a... See? Right, oh, so this I is a Ford that. of Europe, right? So you couldn't, uh, you couldn't actually get those here, I believe. Well, I think. Well, let me look at it. Like the uh, steering wheel on the right it's side? It's steering on the correct side. Yes, the left side. Um... And uh, I don't know if you get these here. Anyway, um, they're cool. They're 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 cool cars. They're um, you, you can get a Cortina over here. I know you can. I mean, you used to. My dad used to drive a Cortina. I remember when I was okay, a well, kid. I don't know about the wagon. Is what I'm thinking of, and maybe I'm just getting old. 
Well, yeah, um, we've been, but anyway, been through this. Anyway, this one, okay, so hold on a second here. This is a 68.4 Cortina. It's $4,500. It's in Lansing, Michigan. It runs, it drives, it doesn't look like a rust bucket. It's got a four-speed manual gearbox. Um, it's not a bad classic when you consider what people want for a lot of kind of cool yeah. classics. Can you consider a Cortina a classic, Vince? Yeah, what, what is, how is it like not a classic? classic? AMC pace. So, you know what? If C-Flow was here, <laughs> if C-Flow was here, he'd be all over. He'd be totally on board with this. And, and it's not a Volvo, but he would still love it. So, you know, I just want to point that out to you guys. You park it next to his gremlin. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly, right. Exactly, because I'm sure that's a classic as well. Not, age doesn't make everything a classic. What an idiot! <laughs> can I have that? Can I have the 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 Vince? You can't buy another car. Drop again. I got. I got. Vince, you're not allowed to have any more cars. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. That's that's just like right. That just bring me back home right yes. there. <laughs> um. And uh, you filed for divorce after that, right? That's pretty much the way that went down. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's me or the cars. Wow. It was really great knowing you. Wow. What's the time it is? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. No. Uh. All right. So. That's from the website. Um, those are the cars of the week. And um, if anyone wants to call in and, and talk to us about what their favorite car in DailyTourism.com is, you can call us at 424-260-2822. Do you have to go to DailyTourism.com first, though? No, they can just make stuff up. All right. That's kind of like what you do on the site? Some stuff is made up. What do you think about this all? Now, i got to ask, I guess, the non Mr. Non-Car Guy here. Um, tell me what do you think about this Toyota Corolla. It's red. It's red. So it is a Toyota. It has 16 valves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a Toyota. It's a 1992 Toyota Corolla all-track wagon with a manual gearbox. Okay, this is a rare bird. You don't see many of the all-track. It's all-wheel drive Toyota Corolla. It dates from the days when Toyota Corollas were were getting kind of horrible. They had transferred to front-wheel drive, and so they're not as cool, but they released this all-track You know what wagon. I don't like about Corollas is I don't like the way they spelled it. Um, it should have been one L. Well, no, like it should have had an A, like so. It's a car. Ola, you know, it had the word "car" in it. Can you just they, mute his mic for the rest of the show? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say the about this car in it. Why would they go out of their well, way? Hang on, hang on. This He's is really the most entertaining part of the this show. This is true. Actually, you know, mute, can you mute my mic for the rest of the show? And I'm just gonna drink. <laughs> it would make for a much better show. <laughs> oh wow. You know, well, actually, well, speaking of drinking, um, so we talked about our um, our strange uh, Lithuanian liquor. Which is sort of sort of thing, but we're also drinking. I knew a, a strange Lithuanian liquor. She um, <laughs> uh, never mind. Right. Um, <laughs> so the other thing that we're drinking is a little wine. There's not nearly enough people that listen to this show to make that much noise. A little wine Stefaner. Um, Gwen or, Stefani. Not Gwen Stefani. That's different. That's one of the the. Spice Girls. This is wine no, Stefani. Not. Are we talking <laughs> about Lithuanian? Liquor? I'm pretty sure Gwen Stefani. I looked it up on the internet. She's part of the Spice Girls. Um, but this is wine Stefani. It is a you know now that I think about beer. it, that lesbian was Estonian, not Lithuanian. I apologize. Right. I, I get those satellite republics around the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union, mixed up a lot. It's the they were driving a Forester, and this is a <laughs> wine Stefani, uh, Hefeweizen. It's a Bavarian style. Um, it comes from the world's oldest brewery. True story. Yeah. It's very kind of a weedy. Um, it tastes like you, you taste it unfiltered. It tastes very much uh, kind of, I don't know. Unfiltered. I I know yeah, what yeah. that's like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. One of your friends. I know what that's like too. <laughs> um, producer Ben. 
What's next? Yeah. What do we got next? What's on the schedule? What's on I the board? We, you you got to kill like four minutes and 50 seconds. So Why are you letting him run the show? Have you seen Mexico when you <laughs> let these people? <laughs> just, I mean, really? All right, so, so what are we so doing, Vince? <laughs> we're we're, um, we're going to do a little game that's called... That's called yeah, let's play a game. Should have never been born. Oh, excellent. Okay, this is a good game. <laughs> That's a segue. That's a segue. And no, no, this is this is it's perfect. It's perfect. Um Should have never been born is a game in which I'm gonna give you three statements, okay? Only one of which is true. The other two are totally fake. Okay? Um and you get to tell me which of those statements is is the true statement, okay? You guys ready for this? It works really simple. Okay, I'm gonna tell you three things, and you have to pick which one of them was true. Right, hold on, Vince. Hold on. Yeah, I'm, I got you. And we're ready to play. Should have never been born with Vince Barbary. On today's show of Should Have Never Been Born, we have Dr. J and Klonda. Producer Ben will be in the background making obnoxious comments. And um, Vanna is going to hand out some prizes, but no matter what, you win a copy of the home game. <laughs> Why is it, it called "Should Never Been Born"? You'll find out. Okay. This is you, you, yes. You you will be saying at the end of each round, you'll be saying, oh, "I should have never been born." Oh, okay. oh what a segue! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I teed up no. the last one pretty well. <laughs> You're welcome. Both wheels in the segue. Um, <laughs> all right, so here's your here's your three things. Um, Number one, the Honda CRV came with a factory from the factory with a fold-out picnic table. That's option number one. Option number two is the Rav Four was sold with snow chains and a shovel in Canada. And number three is the Ford Escape came from the factory with an optional dog carrier in some markets. Do we? Who goes first? Say I'll, I'll go. Uh, Klondike is going to go. I first. know what I think. Yeah, hit me. It's that uh, Rav Four thing. I think is true. The sold with snow chain. You pick the one shovel. true one. That's the okay. game, right? Yeah, that's the game. Correct. That's, yes. Yeah, the the, the Rav Four, the snow chain shovel thing. Julian, yeah. do you have a uh, opinion oh, on this I'm one? I'm sorry, that escort's got to be right at the top of the list. Nobody. Sorry, there was that. no escort involved here. Uh, escape. The escape. <laughs> the escape. All right. Sorry. <laughs> what, yeah, was the, what was the first? I one got him thinking about the Lithuanian liquor. Escorts. Escorts now. Hardly even newer. Ben, the first one was the Honda, C- Honda yeah, CRV no, came yeah, with a factory fold-out. Yes, that's, yeah, that's producer what I'm ben, going with. PB. Yes. Okay, and the winner is producer Ben with the yeah, Honda really? CRV came with the, from the factory with a fold-out picnic table, and the other two items were totally no, made up. No dog carrier? <laughs> yes. No escape dog carrier. No, that's correct. Wow. All right, next. Okay, next, next. one. Uh, should have never been born. Was a moron. Who came up with? I that? know. Seriously, you <laughs> gotta wonder, right? A fold-out picnic, picnic table. table. Yeah, yeah, the back yeah. of the CRV. Okay. Uh, the f- round two. Do we have any music for that, Ben? Uh, no. Nah, <laughs> oh, man. That's all he's got. Uh, you're not allowed to There you go. Oh, I love that trap. The first car to come with an optional record player was the 1952 DeSoto Adventurer optional record player number two is the last car to come with an optional cassette deck was the 2011 crown victoria and number three is the pontiac aztec was offered in some markets with an optional laser disc player laser disc player so we have record player in a desoto cassette tape in a crown victoria or pontiac aztec with a laser disc player 
DeSoto. DeSoto? Okay, right down there. Yeah, I'll go with the Crown Vic and a cassette. Crown Vic and a cassette. No, if I'm, there's an I'm Aztec go, I'm out go, there. I'm going with the DeSoto as well. If there's an Aztec out there with a laser disc, I want to find it. <laughs> that would be such an awesome I want find. someone on this show to, to track it down. It's the one car I would care about. Yes. Okay, and we finally ha- I get to award a point to a different person this time. <laughs> Julian won that one. Hey. With the last car to come with an optional cassette deck. In, I, can you believe that in 2011, Ford was selling cars that had a cassette player? It's hard to imagine that the, the American automakers have done so poorly. It's astonishing. Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's because Americans, was, yeah. we, we've gone so like far from being the inventors of flight, right? I mean, all the things that Americans did, like, and now we're like, anyway. Okay, that's the story for a different well, time. I don't know. I've still got a uh, Sly and the Family Stone cassette. I'm looking for a spot to play it. There's another, another mic you need yeah. to cut yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> Give him some more of this Strumbo Starka liquor. Okay. You just alienated Round. all the Sly and the Family Stone <laughs> listeners. I know, so seriously. Like, the, now your audience is down to like, like five. Two now. It's down to two. Uh, okay. Should have never been born. Round three. This is the final round. Points are worth double. Final right, what's round. What's the score? This is uh, producer Ben one point and uh, Julian one point. Klondike zero points. Big yeah. shock. I'll come out ahead. I'm the white guy. <laughs> come on, Klondike. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, there's lots of, we started with a racer today, and we're continuing with that theme today. Uh, should have never been born. The most expensive toll road in the world costs $55 during rush hour. That's 2016 money. And the largest traffic fine ever was $1 million in Switzerland for speeding. And the most expensive new car ever sold in Albania was built by Fiat. So the three options for today's this final bonus round of should have never been born is double points, expensive toll road, <laughs> toll road, fifty five dollar, largest traffic fine ever with a million smackaroos in Switzerland. Do I get to go first this time? And the most expensive new car ever sold in Albania was built by Fiat. Yes, producer Ben, you can I'm go first. I'm going with the one million dollars. Producer, ben, producer Ben's locked in his final answer. Would you like to call a friend or anything there? <laughs> I, I don't have any friends. <laughs> I think they're, they're right You're, here. Yeah, that's it. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Even, even the kid doesn't like me. You know, like, <laughs> There's got to be a lifeline out <laughs> there for you. Um, I I do think it's. Um, I have a hard time caring about Albania, so it's. You know, I think you just lost cold. another listener. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, we're down to one. That, the guy in Albania is like, <laughs> "How are you saying Albanian? That tears it, gall darn it." <laughs> I'm gonna go back to they, farm they and mud. Like they're in the Ozarks. He says, "I'm know. gonna go back to farm and mud. I'm done with this show." So, if there's any Albanians, please call in. I want to yeah. know more about Albania. It would actually make this show interesting. What was it? That's your final <laughs> answer. <laughs> no, I, I, I think yeah, it's toll roads. I said the toll got, road. Oh, toll road. Yeah, I missed that. Okay, all right. All right, toll road. Julian, you got anything for us? I'm chewing on it a little, but uh, and the million dollars just sounds over the top. So, and I'm going to stay away from the toll road and go with what was the third choice? <laughs> Albania, <laughs> expensive, expensive car, Albania, new car. by Fiat, new car ever sold in the Albania. Fiat. Yeah, okay, rulership by Fiat. Well, that right. one is impossible because Albania no longer existed um, at the time that Fiat stopped making cars. 
So I have no by idea the way, what I'm about. <laughs> Fiat is part of Chrysler. Chrysler Fiat. Yeah. They're like the the yeah. second or third largest you know auto manufacturer in the world. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, the Fiero. Actually, I confused that, okay, the Fiat and, and, and this the is true. They do not Fiero. make Fieros or Pontiacs <laughs> I anymore. Think they stopped making the Fiero in '88. Yeah. Do you I like think. the Fiero? Is that I love okay. the Fiero? Okay. Wow. Right up there with the Volari. No, I, it's it's like a Santana. The Fierro's beautiful car. Fierro, that's good. Okay, right. so um, we're gonna around award the two double bonus points to producer Ben for the largest traffic find ever. Was well, a million smackaroos in Switzerland because in Switzerland, you're like this. Your traffic finds in Switzerland are not. Set up like in the U.S., you have some base fines based on you know how you're, if you're speeding, how much you're speeding. In Switzerland, it's all based on how much you make. Oh. It is a percentage of how much money you make. And some super rich Michael Schumacher kind of guy who made you know hundred million dollars a year was speeding, and he sped enough that it was a million dollar fine. I think I remember reading that when it when it actually happened. That's the, this is one of those things. Yeah, that's why I asked to go first. <laughs> <laughs> So it's three points for producer Ben, a uh, big goose egg for uh, Klondike, and uh, I believe it was two points for Dr. J. Is that right? Uh, well, I think it was just one. One point, sorry, one point. Producer Ben, you won the show at three points. Of course I did. Can we get some applause? <laughs> <There's Dan. laughs> wow. Well, he's, he's just banging on monkeys. He's like an infinite number of monkeys or something. Just... <laughs> he, he is he is the caveman producer. Ben, <laughs> this is true. Are you really playing that one again? <laughs> he just it's infinite number of monkeys. Where's the you are an idiot? Ha 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 ha! That was my favorite one. That one. I think what an idiot! Away. No, I want the other yeah, one. No, I don't have. I, I got rid of that one. No. Aww. I do have this one though. You suck. Yeah, that jackass. one. That's a good one too. That's uh, from. Um, Happy Gilmore. All right. Uh, ben, if I could see this, the, this screen, the big screen, I'd know how much more time we have. But since you haven't scrolled over in a while, I'm just going to, like, stare at you. Uh, yeah, so, um, ladies and Germans, uh, we're going to call it. I want to say um, a huge thanks to um, first Nick McMillan for calling in and talking to us about Gran Turismo and racing prototype race cars. And also, also to uh, Stephen Spearer for talking to us about Teslas. Uh, of course, I want to thank my co-host, um, Julian, my producer, Ben, and my special extra guest, Klondike, and his little kid for joining us. Special like a bus. And keep on wrenching. You've been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. 